Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're here with Ryan, Lenny, Yippee Kaye, Mother Truckers, and John. Oh, I'm so far, far, far away from home. <laughs> that you are. Uh, we'll be talking about F1 is back. It is officially race month. We're going to take you down to the ocean and explain some of the cool new things going on in the F1 world. And Lenny is doing a ras- race. Oh, man. Scrap race daily, of which he didn't give us a hint. So it's he's refused to tell us and get any uh, help picking the cars. So he's just going to blind, blind, blind. It'll be an interesting one when we get there. So that's what we're talking about today. Uh, if you don't already, uh, give us a like, comment on, uh, give us some reviews, and uh, subscribe. That really helps us to know people want to hear us BSing about cars, F1, and everything that goes fast. So, uh, well, that's what we are where talking they, about. Where can they reach us at, Ryan? Oh, that's right. They can find us on Instagram and Twitter, both at zeroliftpodcast.eth. You can also directly at Mr. Zero Lift himself, Lenny. Um, yep, yep. Tell him how much you like NFTs. So besides My that, DMs are open. Lenny, what else have you been up to? Uh, I've been doing a lot of parts shopping for the GTR, uh, suspension stuff, underneath the car stuff mostly. Uh, no engine modifications uh, that I'm planning at the moment. Besides, maybe a new ECU and a tune. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Maybe I could finally find some high quality. 100 oc and you know get the car running right again uh but Did you just say you say 100 oc yeah you know that makes me twitch i know that's why i said it i think you did that on purpose <laughs> I did. the backstory children there was a guy back in japan that used to refer to octane as oc he's like oh yeah that fuels high oc and it made me i'm <laughs> gonna put a gun in my mouth oh my it's just <laughs> Hate it uh, so much. That's aggressive. Anyway, I'm glad I could trigger you. Story. So yeah, I'm uh, triggered already. So that was fast. That 85 oc. All right, got it. Shut your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> we should say shut your Putin mouth now. Oh Ooh. man. Instead of like whore, like because well, you know, digging deep, um, <laughs> digging deep. So, um, yeah. So I, I've, I've been, I've been doing some part shopping. And in uh, jokes, in my in my search, I did go across the pond over to Europe, so it is relevant to, to your your comments there. there but you um, go. no, I I came across this shop, this outfit over in the UK. They're called SR Auto Bodies. They seem to specialize in Nissan particulars. Um, John, have you heard of them? They're like uh, an out, like a refit restoration welding all this kind of stuff here's the thing i mean i think maybe i have but like the letters s and r are so common in cardam that like i don't know if i'm constructing this memory of me hearing of them together from every other s r x f r s s r company out there you know (laughs) so like they 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 seem to specialize in restoration like bare metal restoration uh frame restorations of of nissan's um, and they have a particular specialty, which caught my, excuse me, which caught my interest, uh, was their under chassis restoration. And so, you know, like, um, the 32, you know, it's pushing 33 years of age and, you know, uh, most of its time it was over in the land of the rising sun, Japan. And that's a very, uh, 
moist, 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 uh, moist, <laughs> moist country. Um, so delicious. Geez. So the, there's there's a, there's some areas underneath the car that I like to address um, in terms of metal uh, removal and and replacement and new stuff. And they they have a kit. They call it like their uh, replace seal cell replacement kit. It's it's basically um, prefabbed metal sheets that are just fit fit to mold um on the car and, and they're pretty pretty nicely priced and so like looking at them they're very impressive their quality of stuff and so i just wanted to uh let Wait, everybody so know Hulu. what are they called because i'm on i'm on the google machine right now and there's quite a few companies referring to themselves as sr i, w- I want to give these guys like a proper shout out sr auto bodies oh auto bodies okay like transformers not autobots ah Auto bodies. Okay. SR <laughs> auto bodies. Don't do SR auto sports like me, big dumb dumb did. Yeah, or motorsports. Yeah. That would there are you the 15, There are 15 SR motorsport companies out there. Wow. That's ah. a pretty common name. So I think there's there's their sill replacement kit um, is like 300 bucks, and it's for both the left and the right side. Uh, and what and where that is, Ryan, for like the thirty-two, almost just specifically, like that's just like a, a very beaten up point uh, in the other carriage near the jacking points. And oh, the, my God, yeah. I have a jack silver, bro. I need that in my life, like today. Right. Up, oh, you got John and on so, something. Good job, buddy. Yeah, it's just like a a pretty <laughs> pretty commonly beat up um, piece of metal underneath the car. And throughout the years, you know, it gets beat up, and then moisture and water gets into it, and then it rusts, right. and it's no good, you know. And, and so, like, almost, I think what I'm going to end up doing is maybe tearing the underneath of the car apart and off just to do, like, a complete undercarriage restoration of it, and, and just to get it out of the way. Because, like, I've been thinking about it for a few years. I mean, the the car has been a track car, and I've I've used it thoroughly, but um now i don't drive it as much and like i I would like it to be a little cleaner maybe but to still drive it you know just take care of that stuff because it is almost getting to the point that it's not good would you do this before or after you get it rolling again so would you like get it driving again and then basically decommission it again or would you like just try to do this now while it's still not operating uh well like so me having to change out the power steering rack uh, anyway, that's like almost half the job. At that point, I should just drop oh, the, yeah. the transmission engine sub front subframe here and like just do everything. Just do it so all. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm still in the contemplation stage of the game, so I'm not quite sure how much of this will come to fruition. But I'm putting that into my calculus now, so maybe. Nice, bro. They've got some like. Like when you take the body panel off the car, you can like weld in some reinforcement like braces. Like within the fenders, right? Yeah. And and those kits they have are Danky Kang. Like (laughs) gangster. Danky Kang. Their quality and their craftsmanship (laughs) and technique is is pretty good from what I've seen. 
Uh, they have a pretty uh, good Instagram page, also named SR Auto Bodies. Yeah. They've got some good, like, uh, rusted out floor pans that they just completely welded a new sheet metal in, and it's, like, contoured to the original spec. Look, SR Auto Bodies, if you're listening, you're not paying us, but Daddy just wants a taste. There it is. They might get some of my money here shortly. Can't find the sill replacement kit, but if I can, that, uh, yeah, yeah. So my sills are very, very uh, affordable. My sills are in decent shape, but there's a couple spots where they're starting to bow. Mm. I'm just thinking like, hey, my car is so clean. Like, I'm just going to nip this in the bud right now. Might as well. Yeah, I've definitely let it run far too long but i've always been at some stage of running the car so mr zero left himself yep. so uh what about you john what do you what have you been up to any gtr stuff um i've taken it out you know the weather started to get better like i kind of got into a hole there for a while when it was really really fu cold you know like the height mm. of snowboard season and uh i wasn't doing enough um, so it started to be a little bit nicer, you know, we're getting into the fifties kind of on the reg. Um, so I've started taking it out a little bit, nothing crazy. I've been, oh my God, I am so in deep in the Ducati and I haven't talked about it, but also my triumph 675 Daytona, it's like a track bike basically. Um, and uh i decided i was gonna sell it that was like totally gonna sell it like as of six months ago and then my roommate bought another ducati so now we both have three bikes a piece <laughs> and uh you guys will sound like crazy cat ladies yeah you know I, i've got this many ducatis you know what's funny is that we're both very very heterosexual and uh absolutely nothing wrong with being gay shout outs to jackie he's my best friend uh but uh like people when we moved into that house because we're two single guys we both have money we both are fit and we both had ducatis painted like an italian flag (laughs) (laughs) perfect so like people Uh, got ideas when we moved into the house kind of fit the role there yeah yeah Um, there you go anyway he bought this bike and i was like I ain't got no kids. I ain't got no wife. I had this triumph for 10 years. It's been paid for for eight. Oh. And so uh, I actually started kind of doing a mild resto. Like the car, the bike's totally good. It's just I was doing little little bits and bobs. I got new cables for everything. And I uh, I don't know. The bike was always a little uncomfortable for me to ride. And I know anybody that's like into motorcycles, it's like you're you're a biatch. But um, I get to the point where it was like it's kind of painful for me to finish a track session. I don't know if that's because I'm getting old or I'm out of. Sh- I don't know. I'm in pretty damn good shape. Anyway, out of shape, <laughs> out of shape, shape, and um, getting old. <laughs> I mean, I, age doesn't have anything to do with it. You're just out of shape. <laughs> Admit it. Just throw him under the bus. All right. <laughs> Let's see if you can do twenty pull-ups. Well, uh, you're not in shape oh, enough hey, to I'm go not, race. I'm not over here saying that I'm in shape. Yeah, I'm not in shape either. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just like hard to finish track session, blah, blah, blah. And uh, way back when I, I did a bunch of work. I did a bunch of work to it in this custom like CNC shop. Sent me like a free set of risers for the handlebars. Oh. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, not only am I not going to sell this bike, I'm going to like do it up. So I put these risers on and I've been trying to finagle custom brake lines and longer clutch and throttle cables because when you raise the bars up a fair bit, the all the, the stuff that goes on the handlebars, the wiring and stuff, you have to find ways to reroute it or get longer things. Otherwise, it uh, doesn't fit. So, and I'm getting a nicer seat because just made my made me arse just burn um gotta so have a good to saddle point. gotta have a good saddle yeah, man trying to get to the point where i don't like dread riding it um <laughs> and i think i'll take it out more i mean the bike is so rad dude it's like such a good bike i love that bike. belch is yeah belch is fire it sounds gnarly it goes to thirteen thousand rpm and it, it's just like Ooh. why would i get rid of it yeah, you bought it when you were a younger man you just got to modify it for you being old and out of shape or just out of shape right. according to Lenny. Makes sense. No. Well, it's got it's got so many trick little pieces on it. Like the rear sets are ah, I, I can't even get into it. So anyway, Pixar didn't have. I've been like, go out in the garage and I'll like tighten two bolts on the Ducati and I'll look over at the Triumph and be like, oh, and I'll go tighten two bolts on it and I'll look at the Ducati and be like, oh crap. And so like, you know, and I've been a lot popping off at work. I actually have some very 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 large life things happening and I'm not ready to talk about them here just Ooh. yet. But I will soon. And, Tune in um, next time for that. Yeah, and I got finally activated with the guard. Um, Hoorah. Like I was I was in like a paperwork hold after I left active duty. And that finally went through. So I'm going to be flying Hawks for the... Yeah. Yeah, man. I got to get back. Back to the sky. Now. Yeah. So I've just, I've just been like... I'll get home and I'm like, okay, bikes, you have an hour. And then I need to do other things. Um, y'all need to get yeah. back on the sim is what y'all need to do. Put I out, do. Put out aside well, an hour for that. Yeah. Oh, I do need to get back on the sim. Actually, with recent events, I've been wanting to fire up DCS and go shoot some MIGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that is true. Be the, the ghost of Kev. Hey, long glory, glory to Ukraine. Long live the ghost. <laughs> Long live the ghost. We're not a political podcast, but I'm just gonna not at all. Say. What about you, Ryan? You you got anything? Yeah, man. Oh, John, sorry, did I, did I just cut you off there? Oh, you're good, man. Uh, well, so sim stuff uh, for me around the corner as a PlayStation guy. GT 7s coming out next week. Let's go! I will be more hype about that next week and the week after that, and probably have things to say about it for the next a while because I'm excited. Uh, but in actual real life news over this weekend, it was my wife's and I's anniversary. And, uh, so we ended up going to New Mexico, uh, cause we were going to go to like the Grand Canyon, but I said, I don't want to deal with all the snowbirds and just a lot of people. Um, so we went and did three national parks in New Mexico. We did Guadalupe mountains, Carlsbad caverns, and then we, uh, went to the white sands, uh, which is the hat I'm wearing currently, uh, and then drove and flew out of Albuquerque over three and a half, four days, started in El Paso. Awesome. I was driving a Dodge Charger Blue. Um, That thing is 100% a boat. Um, But the modern versions have insane gas mileage on them, Uh, probably because they have 
truck like tanks it's like a 16 gallon tank but i mean i 500 miles a gallon so i only had to fill it up a couple times even driving all the way across new mexico i would say highlights for me uh and surprising enough in new mexico uh after we'd left the carlsbad which is like the bottom right corner in the guadalupe mountains um driving over the white sands you actually drive through lincoln uh national forest and it was like this feels like the Black Hills. And then you just keep climbing an elevation from like 4,000 up to like 8,000 almost. And it's like, I'm in the Black Hills. I'm in Alpine evergreens. There's snow. I mean, it was like strange. It was a weird shift. It was it was like you're in the Black Hills, like rolling hills. And then you're like, oh, I'm kind of in a mountain almost because I was. And then we came out through a tunnel and it was like, boom, there's the white sands. There's the downhill section all the way down towards the white sands. It was super duper cool. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then being able to drive on sand with said boat was cool. Um, kind of taking it around in the sand part of the white sands. It gets off-roady and it's like, is this pavement? No, it's just super duper 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 compacted sand, uh, which is kind of cool. And then after that, we drove north to get out and we're basically chasing sunset and saw a lot of really cool pink hues and stuff. So it was a good experience. New Mexico's weird um for sure and unexpected um but i would recommend it and guadalupe is highest peak in texas um, we did nine miles of hiking there and kind of got to see the ridge so it was a good experience overall both on foot with hiking and then um being able to just drive across the whole state i've never been in before so it was exciting but yeah that's what i've been up to i got i gotta i gotta say i just want to bring it back uh yes going into a tunnel in one sort of climate zone if you will climate yeah. area then like coming out of it in a totally separate one is is one of the craziest experiences ever and i'm i remember uh, a time in in japan so in japan there's like this huge 10 kilometer uh tunnel that's one that goes under going, the bay right there's that but there's also one uh further up north uh going up into the snow mountains oh, over yeah. in uh, Nagano Niigata area, mm-hmm. and so like you go into the tunnel and it's all greener, it's all green, right? Uh, and it, it's just getting hilly, but like you come out of the tunnel twenty minutes later, and you're like looking at six, seven, eight foot snow walls wow. sometimes along the along the road, and so like it's it's a crazy. I love tunnels, uh, man. Flip. I, I, I'm like a child. Like I didn't know there was going to be a tunnel and we came up to the tunnel and my wife's like, I'm just like tunnel, 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 tunnel. Like I'm just every time, same with when I was in the Bay area, there's the tunnel between like Oakland and like, uh, the East Bay, uh, a tunnel was great every single time I went through it. So that is kind of what we have been doing. Now, like I said, I've been driving a, uh, boat, right. And, uh, we should probably take it to the ocean. Uh, talk about F1 testing because they've been having some problems with this newer uh, newer package and we definitely need to discuss that. So, John, you did some research. I kind of want to hear your take on it. I'd like to jump on a soapbox. And, and Lenny, I want to hear your thoughts too because you kind of keep track of this as well. So, uh, John, you want to take a crack at this kind of as the guy who has, doesn't know what's going on first and then we'll go from there? Well... Uh, full disclosure, I thought maybe an aerodynamic effect that you see with wings was occurring, but looking into more how they design this and stuff, I'm not sure if that's the case. But, um, 
Yeah. It so, kind of caused by wings, but not really. But I don't know enough about wings, so maybe you could correct me on that. Um, well, it's... Uh, what's happening is... And, and I haven't read into the specific design of how the F1 cars are doing, what they're doing with the new redesign mm-hmm. as much as you have. But my understanding is there's kind of a... The space under the car kind of starts out wide at the front and it gradually necks down kind of in like a cone shape. It reaches kind of an aperture. Then past that small point, it bows back out towards the back, right? And expands. Yeah, correct. And that causes a Venturi effect. So you've got a large opening in the front, uh, has all that air coming through, speeds up because it's the cone effect and it basically tightens and then it expands again and meets the same pressure. And that creates a low pressure zone uh, and more or less a ground effect that is sucking the car down just by basically increasing the wind underneath it. Uh, so that's um, that's a and that that's a, there's a few things going on there. Like classic aerodynamics operates on this principle of creating a flat. I say classic, I mean like what most street cars or like maybe the Formula One cars mm-hmm. used to do. Um, they kind of operate on this principle of having like a flat bottom. And so you make basically no turbulence underneath the car. So there's a wing up front and that wing kind of kicks air upwards and forces the nose of the car down. And the air rushing underneath the car, if you don't have a bunch of mechanical BS for the to create a turbulent boundary layer and it's all smooth, that allows that air to rush through the underside of the car at a faster speed than it would over the top. That fast speed creates so basic like fluid dynamics. The faster you accelerate a fluid pressure in the space the fluid is flowing through decreases. So by moving the air faster underneath the car, that creates a low pressure area underneath the car and it causes the air to be sucked downward to the street. That is the exact opposite of what happens in an airplane where <laughs> basically airplane. Yeah. An airplane wing is curved in such a way that it makes the air over the top of the wing go faster than the air underneath it. And that causes the plane to lift. And that's the workhorse is the plane. It's basically wing upside down. Yeah, and that's where you've heard like F1 has enough aerodynamic downforce that they could drive upside down in a tunnel. It basically would suck them to the top of the tunnel. Um, and that's why. Now, in, in you're still correct, though, with the front wing uh, having a load. If you actually look at like a side profile of an F1 car, where the actual Venturi effect takes place is basically almost right where the driver is or behind the driver. So the front end of the car is still 80% of the aerodynamic downforce is generated by the wing and only 20% is created by the uh, ground effect. Whereas in the back of the car, it is a 50-50 split between the ground effect and then the top uh, aerodynamics, such as the wing and diffusers in the back. Well, and that's probably because by the time it gets to the back of the car with this Venturi effect, what happens, another thing, is that if you're moving a set mass of fluid or air through a point and you cause it to speed up, that has the same effect, right? Or I'm sorry, if you move a set mass 
through a pipe or something like that and you decrease the cross-sectional area. That will cause the fluid or the gas to move faster. It's basically accelerating because it has to get through this opening. The same amount of stuff has to get through this opening quicker so it will accelerate. Correct. However, however, that only works up until a point. Because at some point, a given aperture size or given like cross-sectional area of a pipe or a space will reach a max flow for the amount of ambient pressure and the density of the gas or the fluid. So there is like a, a terminal velocity something can, can achieve. Yeah. I mean, what you're describing is a Venturi effect, which is the <clears throat> it mathematically reaches a certain point. So the Venturi effect is the stepping down of an area in a pipe or in, in some kind of system. You make the space that a fluid has to go through smaller, and that fluid then accelerates. And you see that if you put your thumb over the end of a garden hose. <laughs> yeah, it's a great example for the kids. It's exactly what you're doing. Because yeah. as the, the water's coming through the hose without your thumb on it, it just kind of gushes out. And then you stick your thumb over it, and suddenly it turns into a jet, and you destroy your siblings. Ah, um, perfect. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's the Venturi effect, because the water's moving a certain speed, and then you cap it, and then the water speeds up. Now... There's a max amount of flow will go through that. So less water is coming out. You know what I'm saying? Because you are kind of restricting the max flow, but the speed at which mm -hmm. it's coming is dramatically speeding up. Right. And I mean, this kind of has to do with what this porpoising is, right? So if uh, you've had your, your year 2F1, you've probably heard this term. If not, we'll kind of tell you what it looks like. It is where the drivers are bobbing up and down, similar to a porpoise or a dolphin, uh, jumping out of the water and, and going back in. Um, and what's causing this is that, much like John's hose analogy, if you continue to crank the hose closed all the way or fully put your thumb over it, the water stops. And so that essentially prevents the downforce that is, was generated by this Venturi effect, it is removed and so now the vehicle is rising back up it's not being pushed down to the ground anymore it's rising back up like removing some of your thumb now you have pressure again you're hitting your sibling with full force well now that is going to force the car back down again thus closing the thumb over repeat this process at high speeds uh, and that's kind of why and how to some degree these cars are doing that with these new ground effects because these didn't exist last year at all Right. These are these haven't oh. existed since the 1950s, essentially. And it's because it's because of this new floor design on uh, these new cars, right? Correct. Yeah. So hold on. So we saw yeah. something. We saw something kind of similar to this in the 90s, and we talked about it yeah. a little bit when we talked about we talked about Chapman. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was when the first time we saw. That was the first time that people started paying attention to the airflow under the car and achieving a ground effect. And they got so crazy with it, they were lowering the cars so low, they were experiencing this. Mm -hmm. would have situations where they'd go over bumps or the suspension would compress too much, and they would lose effective flow because like, they'd touch the ground, and that basically killed all the airflow into the car. And um, 
that would that it was dangerous because like the car would have a certain amount of grip here, and then if you hit you were you know an inch off next time through the corner, and you happen to hit a bump, now the car has half the grip. And so what they started doing was they would make um, they would make uh, like they called them ground effects, um, side skirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're basically sealing underside of the car from the air entirely those got banned because if you hit anything and disrupted those panels now you can let air in and it completely changed aerodynamics um yeah that's when people that's when people were experimenting with active suspension and f1 at the time was like dude this is gonna get nuts people are gonna start throwing wazoo money approaches at active suspension and so they banned active suspension now that brings us to today where what I think is essentially happening is because you have upside down wings on the front and the top, like the spoiler, the wing, as they call it, that's pushing the car to the ground. The ground effect's pushing the car to the ground. You have a Venturi effect, so you're necking down the flow underneath the car. So at some point, because your suspension is a fixed property, and as you push on the car more, the suspension is physically compressing and getting the car physically closer to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're doing is they're reaching a state where all the air coming in to the big opening in the front doesn't have enough space to escape. There is no airflow. There's no, basically I, the airflow in, there is none. Yeah. And so now suddenly you're 20% of lift up front or sorry, downforce up front and you're 50% in the rear goes away for no discernible reason. It's aerodynamic. You didn't hit nothing. You didn't do nothing. Just going faster and faster and faster, and then suddenly, bop, 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 bop. So you lose your downforce. Car raises back up. Now we have downforce again. Car comes back down, and then yeah, just turn into a spring. Sounds awful. It sounds terrible. Sounds like a really intense thing to be doing at like 200 miles an hour while they're going down the street, the Catalonia. Yeah, where? And so like, where was this happening, Lenny? Yeah. So the F1 testing that was going on last week this past week was at catalonia raceway um, spain catalonia whatever it's it's over in spain um barcelona and it seems like barcelona yeah it seems like this effect was uh most going on you know going down the main straight when they were at the terminal velocity of, of these new cars um and so like maybe right now it's not so much of a safety thing uh as you know 30 years ago more of a these cars might be slower what i'm interested to see is as these teams figure out how to adjust for that in these new cars how much quicker these f1 cars are going to get around these racetracks because so like around i think uh what was it seven eight and nine the uphill chicane yep. these new uh 2022 cars have been notably slower around around those uh, to previous generations and so once these teams figure out um these sort of high speed solutions to the new cars i think we're going to see maybe something like active suspension or you know another iteration of that coming into play it's possible i really like the new design of these cars to be honest i think the liveries all look quite great um and then there's also a uniqueness kind of to each car in the sense that the overall aerodynamic has changed, but we've got these extra new side pods and people are experimenting with different side pod types. 
So I think that that's a big part of it for me is that, you know, they're, they're still in the beginning and they're going to be messing with all these different nuances. Um, but this is just pre, pre-testing. I mean, we still have testing coming up in Bahrain. Everybody's kind of aware mm-hmm. of it. And yeah. I think part of it is they were like, we're brand new. We're going to push these cars to the limit. And so they were probably having them lower than they should. You know, they could raise them up. Most all of the drivers, engineers have talked about how more or less it'll be fixed by the time that racing does start. Um, nobody seemed overly concerned with it. I think it's in some way a media grab for guys like us and most other F1 people. Something to talk about because it is nuts. I mean, if you watch it, it's it's pretty terrifying. I would not want to have to be experiencing that uh, on top of the normal G's that an F1 uh, race driver does have to experience. Another note that I, I want to say about these the F1 testing that went on last week is the reliability of these cars. They put in a lot of that. Did you notice that? Oh, like, I think certain teams did. The average was like 150 laps for like Ferrari. Ferrari did 175, I think. Yeah, in a day. Yeah, they had like a huge. So these, the, uh, yeah, and I guess you could say for some. I know Alfa Romeo wasn't out there a lot. And neither no. was Alpine. Alphatari, I think, was on the lower end, but it was also interesting to know that there was it was one car at a time, uh, so you'd have a driver would have a certain amount of laps to go out, then they would swap drivers, but still same car uh, to collect more consistent data uh, by switching out drivers and not the cars. Um, so a little bit safer. You did have a couple guys experimenting too with the fact that the new downforce rules and why a lot of these aero changes happen is to clean up the dirty air. Right, So because of this downforce and at the back end, which each team has their own kind of design for it, it's punching the air right up uh, to the sky instead of putting it behind them, which should allow for closer racing and better racing across the board, uh, which some are saying they've experienced, where it's especially further back, you're able to get closer. When you're super close, it still sucks, but like, okay. <laughs> like when you're in the tenths, basically, um, but yeah, I think it's quite interesting. I like the new design. I'm interested to see what happens in Bahrain because that's a, a little bit of a different environment than Barcelona is. Barcelona is a real well-mixed track when it comes to the different types of corners that you have. And it was the traditional uh, testing for a long time before all the COVID stuff and Bahrain was like, you know, hey, test here instead. And has now apparently be, kind of become the de facto, um, which is quite interesting. Is there? Um, yeah, they seem to kind of split it up between Catalonia, circuit that's Catalonia and uh, Bahrain this year. Yeah, and you, I guess the past few few years. Do you guys have a favorite livery, by the way? Because uh, I think they all look pretty cool. Um, did you did you see Alfa Romeo's livery? They just uh, yeah. debuted that. I think they were the last ones. This morning, them. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was clean. That one looks pretty good. The darker yeah. red. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad Mercedes is back to the silver. Uh, makes me really happy. So it'll be fun to see them. Well, yeah, they couldn't keep up the black since they got defeated. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, you got to <laughs> wave the white flag eventually. Uh, Things of note, that's the same livery from 2017 when Nico Rosberg beat Lewis Hamilton, if I'm not mistaken. George Russell comes out and immediately spanks. Uh, Lewis Hamilton into retirement. <laughs> I have no problems with this. I'm, <laughs> he was pretty quick. He was yeah. pretty quick in the second day of uh, testing. He is pretty quick. Ferrari, by the way, man, I think they're going to take it this year. Uh, 
think so? I man, the way that it worked out with them and how they aligned their money before the budget cap and they kind of rested on their laurels after the snafu and then Vettel leaving. And I, I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be science, not Leclerc personally, if uh, who's gonna take them all the way. Uh, slow and steady, man. Science is a that guy's a trouble. But their livery looks cool. I think they've got some good designs. It's Ferrari. You can never come. I mean, it's it's been a while. They 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 need their comeback, right? Uh, so I, I Ferrari should be good. I can't new ever... Alpha new Alphatari livery looks good. Yeah, dude, it's Gucci. Theirs is pretty solid. It uh, looks mad good. Red Bulls looks like a Red Bull because it's Red Bull. Like same. <laughs> Look, man, once you're that, you just. You can reach that level of awesome. You just you just stuck with it. You know, it's recognized. I'm happy with uh, Aston Martin's livery. The British racing green is looking good this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what about Alpine with B uh, BW Tina with the pink? You guys like that kind of blue yeah. and pink? Look, I was gonna say like <laughs> this is probably an unpopular opinion. I kind of like the Alpine, but. I just the gray and the white on Alphatari is just so nasty. <laughs> Back to the Alphatari. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's, oh, you know what? Williams looks mad good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we could get controversial real quick here and talk about Haas's livery and how on the third day of testing they had to remove certain sponsors from Russia. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm just gonna not to segue into politics too hard, but bravo on that. Yeah, Robo I think that was the right And we're not Rob- rushing. We're not going to Russia for uh, Sochi this year. So yep, Bravo on that. Remove a shitty track um, and a country. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna uh, no. I'm gonna say one thing. I'm gonna say one thing. Maybe controversial, but I am glad. I don't like Mazepin. I don't. That has nothing to do with current events. Um, <laughs> That's past but, events. But, 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 but. I'm glad he didn't come after Mazepin. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Because I can't... There are probably going to be defectors and people seeking asylum. And you know, you've seen all the protests in Russia. And there's reports of Russian troops sabotaging their own vehicles because they don't want to do this. And I don't think we can isolate the Russian people. 100% agree. Okay, okay. So I think that giving Mazepin a break just kind of sets it. I know we're talking about racing and who cares, but, like, I think it sets a good precedent. So, like, remove the sponsors. Don't go to Sochi. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Give Mazepin a break. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I think F1 just being international has a certain different approach to things, you know, comparative to like the NFL. They don't care. There's nothing that they do or any sort of international play there. Whereas pulling a sponsorship makes sense. But I mean, Mads has been, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to hold it against him, but he's just not. He's in F1 because of the money. And so, like, you know, to that end, there are a lot of other racers in F1 because of money. Oh, yeah, Lance Stroll. I mean, look, but Lance Stroll's cool. He's got a great yeah. name. I mean, look. Lando Norris, his, his Lando. father paying five mil to McLaren. Look, 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 look. That's if part we of want to talk about... Perez, if Perez, Sergio Perez being subsidized by Mexico, I mean, like, you can go on there. <laughs> 
hold on. If we want to talk about get rid of Mazepin because he sucks, I'm all on board. That's what I'm talking about, though. What value does he provide? He's not a good yeah, yeah, driver. Yeah, but don't do it. Don't do it because he's Russian. I, that's okay, that's fair. I think they should get rid of him. And <clears throat> and uh, Fizipulti is the backup. You know what I mean? Like Fizipulti, uh, his son, is the backup. Let's get him in there. Uh that could be better. I don't know. It just to me, Mazaspin's a great meme, but he got beat to piss last year. Uh, I I don't know. He just he doesn't provide any value just, for me. I'm just glad that F1 the FIA decided pretty quickly to cancel the Russian GP. Oh yeah, that that was, was I think that was an absolutely spot on decision. Good on them, uh, and they absolutely needed the win in terms of PR after. Absolutely throwing Michael Massey under the bus, but that's yeah. a different conversation for a different day. They did. We'll have to talk about that as uh, Bahrain tasting comes around. Because, yes, folks, if one season is ramping back up, and that will be a pretty often occurrence we discuss here on this podcast. Got to mix yeah. it up. We, we How much the... do you want to bet? How much you want to bet that if Balestre was still in charge, they'd still be going to Sochi? Oof. Oh. Probably, oh, most likely. He didn't care. What politics? What politics? Right. That was a deep cut. Give me the money. Well, let's see. Uh, I guess another deep cut we could talk about, Lenny, is the three cars you've not revealed to us for race scrap daily. That's... That is a pretty yeah. deep cut there. So what? What you got for us? I, I did not give you guys any sort of hints for our. Crap Race Daily. You did not. Um, and so for our listeners at home who are not familiar with this uh, part of our podcast, this is a segment that we do called Scrap Race Daily where I'm going to give three different cars that, that we have to choose whether we have to want to put it around a racetrack for one lap to race it, throw it in the dumpster heap because it's a piece of trash, or drive it every day for the rest of our lives. So... It's basically These... a car version of Bang Mary Kill. Yeah, and there's no rule about uh, being able to purchase this one or not. It doesn't matter. You can do. Yeah, it no, no, we don't. Just have it. Yeah, it's not as strict. So, first car, BMW One Series. MW One. The One M. It could be the one. Okay, well, we'll do the One M. Okay. The, the the newer one. Did they, did they make a one an M one series? Did not, not the one M. The only M one was the one from the eighties that was mid engine. But then the oh no no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the one that they the one series the new yeah, one the series. One, so the one series M sport was what everybody referred to as the one yeah. the M one. Gotcha. We'll okay. say the the one series. What generation? I think. There's only one or two, right? We'll just, it's like a 135 CI, I think they made. The top spec. Top spec 135i. 1M. Go with that. Okay. Second car is the Honda 2000. We'll go with the AP1, just because I love the AP1. Which is the the S2000? S2000? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Why you got to do this to me? All right, what's the last and one? The- Third car is a Lotus. It's a Lotus Exige S. Uh, it's a 2011. Okay, what's the theme for right. these cars, Money? Yeah, what's the meta? What's the meta here? The meta here is that I was picking, I was thinking of three kind of similar 
lightweight, could be track focused killers in a quick jiffy, or hmm. you know, an everyday driver. So, okay, the BMW so every, throws me off because every, like... every day's every day, every man's sports car or track toy. Though, to be fair, the Exiges is getting a little expensive. Mm. Yeah, the BMW is also not a coupe. That's the only one. Otherwise, the rest are, right? They're all coupes. Mm, yeah. Am I looking up the wrong yeah. BMW? BMW. Type in BMW 1M in Google and you'll see. 1M. Okay, thanks. But... Okay, got it. Perfect. <clears throat> cool. It's like a short, short base. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay, I see it. John, you want, uh, you want to take front on this? Sure. Okay, so this one is tough, but these are supposed to be hard. <laughs> so I would. Mm. Ooh. My picks are probably going to seem a little bass backwards. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would scrap. God dang it. Look, I'm just going to say it. the best all around car of the group. Say. No, I can't. It's just I've decided, but I'm just going to say this. The best all-around car. If you came to me and you were like, I can only have one car, which one should I buy? Mm-hmm. The best all-around car is the 1M. Interesting. That said, that said that's the one I'm going to scrap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, just because it doesn't do as much for me as the other two, personally. Um, I don't know. I, I, it takes a lot of BMW for me to get excited about BMW. I kind of have a, <laughs> I, I don't know why I've almost purchased two, like very seriously, like was in negotiations and about to pull the trigger throughout my life. But, um, it takes a lot of BMW to get me to overcome my predisposed hatred of BMW. And in this company, it just doesn't do it for me. I would race the S2000 because um, I have a real, real soft spot for simple, lightweight, rear-wheel drive sports cars, especially if they're a roadster. Um, okay. Call it the 1960s British prick in me. Uh, <laughs> um, now, I used to have a old na miata that i turboed and it had a freaking excuse me it had a big roll bar in it and a bunch of suspension work and that was one of the most fun cars i've ever owned and the s2000s just kind of like that but better in every way um and then plus it revs up to nine thousand. yeah nine thousand rpm it's stupid um most hondas most Hondas sound like trash, but I think the F20 engine actually sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And uh, then I would daily Lotus Exige because... Reasons. <laughs> if you say Lotus... And, and to be fair, to be fair, in terms of an all-around car, if you came to me and I can only buy one, the Lotus is by far the worst car of the group. Mm. Um, I just... I would buy some knee pads and do some despicable things for pretty much anything Lotus. And, uh, <laughs> Noted. I, it's so good. Oh, I buy a Lotus Exige. Wow. Just, it's a 
garbage daily driver, and it's garbage. cranked up to eleven. <laughs> it's cranked up to eleven all the time, and it just makes me randy. And I like it more than anyone should like a car with a Toyota four-cylinder engine. There you go. Well, they have V6s too, don't they? Uh, did the Exige ever get I thought... No. Yeah, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. Exige here is the uh, more hardcore coupe version of the Elise Roadster. Since yeah. the Series 3 has uh, been the larger engine model of the family, using a V6 engine in place of the straight four. Oh my god, did I forget about that? Uh, the, new, the new generations have V6s? Yes, they do. Hmm, I didn't know that. You said Exiges. I'm thinking the one that had like a. Yeah, the Toyota. Maybe yeah, there's the a super band. special one, but that just common Exiges. Ah, Exige S V6 2012 to 2015. Mm. There's also the Roadster 2013 to 2016. Mm. I was thinking. I, I think Exige. I think Exige. I think about the. Um... Yeah, I, my mind just goes to the. Second, the, the, the yeah, second the gen, yeah. second gen Exige S with that. the supercharged i four. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, okay. That's that's where my head goes. But uh, which arguably is the best generation, I would say. Though the new, the new one, I think the one that Ryan's talking about from 2012-2015 looks good. Yeah, series three looks good. Um, I, I would, but the oh, one before, yeah. I like it. I like the series three a little bit more, honestly. Oh, the Series 3 is nasty. I just, like... Yeah. Get those I knee pads, up. John. Get those knee pads. I mean, I mean I'm... I, yeah, I just grew up looking at the Series 1 and the Series 2 so much that, like, yeah. when you say Exige, that's just not what pops into my head. That makes sense. Yeah. That's something the more track-focused one, I think. For sure. So, Wendy, right. uh, you want me to take a second crack here? Yeah, yeah. What you got? Well, uh, I, I really... What is it with BMWs? We need to have a, more time on this to discuss this later. But I, I, I don't know, man. I'm in the same boat as John, where it's like, that's probably the most like efficient and like true daily driver out of these three. Hundred percent. But I don't want it. <laughs> it's like just, mm-hmm. And I mean, I've even had the BMWs rental. I was like, this is neat, but it wasn't like I was like, why would I not just get an Audi? If I'm going to do German cars, there's so many better, or a Porsche. I, I don't know. And I don't know why that is, but BMWs always always run me wrong. I don't know if it's the mythos of BMW drivers and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm gonna scrap that, and I'm gonna do a flip. I'm gonna go race this Exige because if it's already cranked to 11 all the time, then let's let's go try to not die uh, and have fun with it on a track where it can actually do the things it's supposed to legally. That sounds fun to me. And then I would definitely take the S2000 all day. And add that to my garage. Because, come on, guys. It's a Honda. I'm putting it in the garage. That is a classic. I agree. It is one of the best-sounding Honda engines. Uh, it is a unique car. Revs to the moon. Like, all the time, you're just high-revving it constantly. Very Honda. Um, I love that car. I love taking that in the sim and just kind of cruising. And it is a... Uh, what is it unique for that that car as well? I'm having a brain fart here. Uh, is it front engine, rear wheel drive? Like a what? The, the S2000. 
Yeah, it's yep. front engine room. Yeah, it's that, like that's as right. simple and classic as it gets. Right, exactly. So it's unique to Honda because most of the time Honda is obviously front front. So it's kind of cool. So I'd, I'd toss that in the garage for that reason alone. So yeah, that's what I got. Oh, Pretty typical man, response I'm, I'm from me. Kind of controversial here. He's gonna he's gonna do everything BMW. I know, and uh, it's, it's really weird since I've I've gone on a rant or two about you know German cars and their pops and bangs. But like, you right, know, right, the pops and bangs. Now he wants to own one. I know. Well, to be real, like let's not get over the fact that I would absolutely race the absolute living dog shit out of the Elise. Okay. Uh, the XZHS, excuse me. Um, because I would want to die on a track because zero lift. You look so I would cool take it up to, to 15. I would I would take it to the max and see what it's really made of because that's what it's for. Um, unfortunately, though, I would have to scrap the S2K. And as oh. somebody somebody oh, who's man. driven more than one S2K, like, I, I love the cars, but, you know... Um, I just have to daily the BMW One Series, Gross. and there's there's a very, very twisted reason to this. Because he wants the pop bangs, folks. He wants the pop. No, it's I don't apologize for this whatsoever. It's because I never would have to use my turn signals again. I could drive like a complete <laughs> asshole on the highway, and I would not get pulled over. Yes. Like I, that's the, the get out of jail free card, free pass, pass go collect three thousand dollars. Like there I'm living is. the life. That's what I want. You could also rub it in Ken's face because Ken has talked about how he's going to buy 1M and then it was various types of 3 Series yeah. for years. Wow. And so just <laughs> yeah, smother that in Ken's face. Yeah. Lenny's going to be a pop banging, no turn signaling guy before we know it. He says, I can, the GTR can sit. I'll, I'll go get a BMW to daily while I, I make the GTR my track car. Right. Here it exactly. is, folks. There it is, folks. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, you hurt my heart, trashing the Lotus. Well, keep an sorry, eye out. Sorry, um, trashing uh, the S2000. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's I, I love the s One's gotta give. That's all it is. Yeah, one's gotta go. Should have been the BMW. For, for the all three of us. All three I'm of sorry. us. It's ridiculous. Well, you can check us out on our uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, zeroliftpodcast.eth, where Lenny will be posting pictures of his new BMW he's going to go pick up, apparently, because he wants yep. to roll with those pop bang boys. Uh, you can leave, <laughs> leave a comment there. That's how annoying they are. Yeah, you're trying to talk, and people are just making noises in the background. That's exactly how it goes, man. That sounds awful. Uh, so check us out there. Uh, be sure to give us a like or subscribe on your Spotify's, your Apple plays, wherever you're listening to us. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you coming around and listening to us talk about cars and stuff. So we'll catch you next time and, uh, keep it pinned. Sound.